another DFS slate to talk about. Welcome into another bonus edition of Fantasy Football Today DFS. Frank Stanfield joined by C. Najad. No Mike McClure for this one. Uh, shout out to those watching us live here on the FFT YouTube channel and everybody else listening to us on demand. We've got another two-game slate on Tuesday. The Seahawks at the Rams, Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll preview both games, but what's going on, Sia? How is uh, Monday's action going for you right now? It's... It's looking pretty bad for me. Yeah, it's interesting. It was a really slow first half. So far, you know, the first game went really well for me. Uh, I had a lot of Zay Jones. I even had a prop on the early edge, which, of course, is brought to you by Sportsline of Zay Jones over two and a half catches, which which cashed pretty easily, as it turns out. But um, I need this game to have some fireworks in the second half. I played a lot of Justin Fields. I played a lot, of course, of Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, of course, uh, a little bit of Dalvin Cook. So, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for, for something to happen. Well, well, we'll see in the second half. Yeah, we'll, we'll see indeed. Of course, this game we're referring to the Vikings at Bears, 10-3 to 3 at halftime. That is when we are recording this. But let's jump into Tuesday's action, Sia, and start with the Seahawks at the Rams. The Rams are seven-point favorites with a 45.5-point total. All odds come via the Caesars Sportsbook. And on the Seahawks side, nine players on the COVID list, including... Tyler Lockett, Alex Collins, Travis Homer, and on the Rams side of things, 17 players on the COVID list, including Tyler Higby, Von Miller, the right tackle, Rob Havenstein, uh, Jalen Ramsey, and Odell Beckham will play in this game. They were activated earlier in the week. Uh, and, and just as a, a preamble to all of this, like we did on yesterday's podcast, there are a chance that some of these players come off the COVID list on Tuesday afternoon, so obviously pay attention to that. But we're going to operate under the assumption that all of the players that are on the COVID list as of now are going to be out for Tuesday's action. Let's start with potential game stacks here, Sia, because we were talking beforehand. I built out a few lineups. You can basically do whatever you want. It just comes, comes down to what is it that you want to do. So Rams, Seahawks, how are we stacking it? Yeah, we'll get into the second game in terms of things I might like there. But this is obviously the game that I think most people are going to like the most. And and there's really good reason behind it. Uh, first of all, it has a higher total, but not by as much as you might think. It's only 45 and a half compared to 42 in that Washington football team, Philadelphia Eagles game. You know, obviously, I think most people are going to lean towards the Rams. We do have Odell Beckham back. That's important. We do have Daryl Henderson back. That's important as well. We'll wait to see about Tyler Lockett on the other side. He has to test negatively before 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, tomorrow being Tuesday. Um, and if he gets cleared, he will play. I mean, I you know, I don't really know. But I, my understanding is that he's not exhibiting any symptoms right now. So I would at least give him a 50-50 shot of playing. We were all talking uh, earlier in the show, Mike McClure, um, and, and you and, and myself. And if he's not playing, I think there's some pivots in play, particularly Freddie Swain, who got into full practice today, by the way, um, D. Eskridge, Penny Hart. But, it, you know, I definitely like the Matthew Stafford side of this. I, I definitely like Matthew Stafford, Stafford to Cooper Cup. I think a lot of people are going to like that. I think you can absolutely, again, keeping in mind it's a two-game slate, you can double stack uh, Cup with Van Jefferson, and maybe if you're doing that, maybe you ignore the Daryl Henderson side of it, and then you bring it back with either DK Metcalf or um, Tyler Lockett if he's playing. If Tyler Lockett's not playing, obviously you got some salary relief there because you're going to need it if you're stacking the Stafford side, and you, you maybe bring it back with, uh, I guess my preference would probably be Freddie Swain, but I think Dwayne Eskridge is certainly in play there. So that's sort of like the preferred, probably the popular stack, I think, because that's a popular stack, you want to think of what the pivots will be. And obviously, if Daryl Henderson ends up having a huge game, then you have out leveraged everybody who just like 
hung on to Cup and, and hung on to that Stafford stack. With that said, again, it's a two-game slate. So you could play Daryl Henderson with Cooper Cup. But then stack it on the other side with Russell Wilson and, you know, pick your receiver there or just go to that other game. Go to Jalen Hurts, for example, who is, um, you know, 6,500 on DraftKings, a little bit more than Russell Wilson. But there's a lot of different ways to go. I guess the overarching point, let's say I'm building five lineups. Three or four of them are going to have a majority of the players from this game. And when I say majority, I'm talking like a heavy majority because Mike, you know, spoke to this yesterday when we were going over tonight's two game slate, you can really kind of get crazy here and you don't have to worry about, you know, correlating as much as you might with like a full slate. For example, you can play a defense, for example, against, you know, three offensive players, if that's what you, you know, need to do. So I'm definitely going to be loading up on this game, but there is a scenario in the Philly game, a certain way I want to play it that, that we'll talk about later on. Yeah, I think if we're talking about just cash, I think Stafford to Cooper Cup is going to be pretty popular. As you mentioned, Odell Beckham is only 4,900 since he's joined the Rams. They're making a concerted effort to get him the ball and specifically get him the ball in the red zone, so scoring touchdowns there. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense if you wanted to double stack both of those players with Matthew Stafford. If you want a the punt tight end on the slate, Tyler Higby, it looks like he's not going to play in this game. Kendall Blanton. Uh, played last time for the Rams and ran a bunch of routes. He's not going to do much, but at 2500 the min price, you really don't need him to do much. If he catches two or three balls, then he'll pay off his salary there. So keep that in mind uh, as well. DK Metcalf is $6,400 here, and the last time he went up against the Los Angeles Rams earlier this season, that was actually the game where Russell Wilson hurt his finger and then Geno Smith came in. He went off for two touchdowns in that game, so keep that in mind. I know you know he has a history against uh, Jalen Ramsey, but he, he was really good against them earlier on uh, in the season. See, you mentioned the running backs in this game. Uh, let's just start on the Rams side of things. Do you have a lean? Because it seems like both Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson are going to play in the spot. Michelle is more expensive. He's 5800 Daryl Henderson, $300 less at 5500 over on DraftKings. And this is, uh, look... People were asking the season-long questions over the weekend regarding this. I mean, not much has changed. It's still really, really hard to figure out. I think both guys are going to be involved, and I don't really know which one is going to see the majority of touches, if any of them. I mean, it could be split right down the middle. Well, you're going to find in, in this two-game slate, it's really hard to find running backs. I mean, you're just that's just what you're going to find, especially when we get to some of the other teams. I think Daryl Henderson's going to get the lion's share, though. So if I'm talking percentages, and, you know, I'm speculating a little bit, of course. I mean, you're always speculating a little bit. But, you know, Daryl Henderson has been injured. Sonny Michelle has played pretty well, but frankly, not that well. I don't think he's been playing at Daryl Henderson's level. So Daryl Henderson being healthy, now off the COVID list, I really expect from a touch standpoint, 65 to 70 versus a 30 split. So that's what I'm looking at for Daryl Henderson, which at 5,500, unless we hear something between now and then, of course, you know, but all all things are pointing to Daryl Henderson, assuming the majority of the reps that he got before he was out. So I think 5,500 is is a big time bargain there. And, And I think, again, don't be shy to play Daryl Henderson with some of the pass catchers as well, uh, because again, it's just a two game slate. So get, get yourself out of the mindset of, well, if I'm playing Daryl Henderson, I'm not playing two Rams receivers. No, you can absolutely do that if you want. Yep. And I would assume the Rams have the highest implied team total on the slate. Uh, it just seems they like do. that would make the most sense. So yeah, I mean, if you want to stack both the running backs and the wide receivers uh, in this, on that side, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Seahawks. 
Rashad Penny coming off a monster game in week 14 where he ran for 137 yards, two touchdowns against the Houston Texans. Obviously, that was a really good matchup. He played 57% of the snaps. What do you think about Rashad Penny here, Sia? Because could be playing from behind. I don't know that they're going to throw him the ball that uh, very much. So, you know, he has some touchdown equity. I think that if they get in the red zone, they'll use him there. Don't think that he's going to be targeted very much. He is 5,400 here going up against a Rams run defense that has been a lot stronger over the past month. Yeah, it's a pretty hard no for me. If he was a, a pass catching back, that would be one thing, but he's really not. So uh, it, it doesn't mean he can't be, but I don't think the Seahawks see him in that light. So I don't really like Rashad Penny at all. I mean, in fact, in year-long leagues, when everybody was rushing to pick up Penny, um, I wasn't super interested. I was putting bids on him, but I was like, if I miss out on Penny, I'm, I'm not super worried about it because I don't like this matchup. And frankly, with the Seattle running backs, I'm not 100% sure he's going to be the guy rest of the season in terms of a guy that's going to get 70% of the touches, for example. So Penny's a, a kind of an easy pass for me. Uh, so Daryl Henderson, Antonio Gibson, we'll get into that game. I, I like Daryl Henderson quite a bit. So this is a slate, though, that Monday slate, you wanted to play three of the four big-time running backs. This slate, I think a lot of people are going to find themselves playing two running backs and then just kind of moving on. And so that's why um, it's a just a, another reason for me to just maybe stay away from uh, from the Seattle running backs. All right. Before we get to the next game, I did ask Mike his thoughts on the slate in general. He said, to no surprise, fade Cooper Cup at your own risk. So Cup, DK Metcalf, Antonio Gibson, Dallas Goddard are going to be part of his core. And then D. Eskridge, Freddie Swain, Penny Hart, if you're looking for value. And he does like the double tight ends. So if you want to play Dallas Goddard in your tight end spot, Gerald Everett as the Seahawks pass catcher there. Again, if there's no Tyler Lockett, then Everett should see an increase in targets. And since Russell Wilson has returned, he has an 18% target share. So he's been getting involved anyway. I do like Gerald Everett quite a bit myself. Uh, if I was choosing which punt wide receiver I like most, I actually think it's D. Eskridge. I mean, he's flashed a little bit here and there. He's been playing similar snaps to Freddie Swain, so I think they're both going to be on the field. Uh, take a shot uh, with D. Eskridge, in my opinion. The Washington mm-hmm. football team at the Eagles. The Eagles are six and a half point favorites with a 42 point total. And for the Washington football team, 13 players, seven assistant coaches on the COVID list, including uh, two quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, offensive lineman lineman Brandon Scherf was also added on Monday. Uh, Curtis Samuel and J.D. McKissick are out of this game with injury. Ricky Seals-Jones is questionable. And for the Eagles, two players are on the COVID list. Uh, two offensive linemen, uh, Andre Dillard and Landon Dickerson. Let's start with the running backs here. See ya. No J.D. McKissick. I think that means Antonio Gibson will be in play once again. He's 6,800. He's the highest priced running back on the slate. And then on the Eagles side of things, Miles Sanders leads the group. For the Eagles, he is 5,700, but all four of their running backs are healthy. I'd imagine one of them is going to be a healthy scratch in the spot. I don't know who it's going to be. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, Jordan Howard, but it's a pretty messy situation. So how do we feel about uh, both teams running back situations here? Yeah, I like Antonio Gibson, but but a lot of that is that's just the running back. I think a, a lot of people are going to play. Like there's not a lot to choose from here. I think a lot of people are going to end up playing I guess one of the two Rams running backs, Antonio Gibson. I don't like the Eagles situation. Oh, by the way, the, the, if you can do anything against the Eagles, it is run against them. So even though the, the Washington football team might be down the fir- their first and second string quarterback, by the way, it seems to me that Kyle Allen has more of a chance to play than Taylor Heineke. If ta- Kyle Allen is, is there, 
I think that offense runs pretty smoothly. I think he's a, a pretty good backup in this league. So I like Antonio Gibson a lot. I think they're just going to feed him so much because J.D. McKissick is going to be out. I don't think Wendell Smallwood is going to get much run, nor is Jared Patterson. So Gibson is kind of an easy, just kind of like plug and play for me. The Eagles side of the ball, though, I'm not interested really at all. I mean, if you look at Miles Sanders last game, it looked really great. He had 27 touches. I believe he had three receptions and he had 24 rushing attempts. But keep in mind, I, I believe that was without, certainly without Boston Scott. It might have also been without Jordan Howard. Uh, and by the way, it's not that Kenny Gainwell didn't get any touches. Kenny Gainwell ended up getting, getting 17 touches in himself with, a, he had five receptions and 12 carries. So Keeping all of that context in mind and knowing that it looks like all four running backs are going to be healthy, and of course I'm including Boston Scott and Jordan Howard in that, I don't know that you want to play this carousel, especially with Jalen Hurts being a running quarterback. I mean, what exactly are you expecting out of Miles Sanders? The production should be there if he's the primary running back, so feel free to play one out of five lineups with Miles Sanders, but uh, what do you, from a percentage stand, standpoint, Look at the pie chart. How much of that pie chart is Miles Sanders commanding? Is it more than 60%? I, I'm not so sure about that, in, in, in which case I don't know that I want to pay for him. I'll just I'll just slide a wide receiver in the flex spot. Yeah, so my my initial takeaway would be 40 to 50% of the workload for Miles Sanders, which is probably not what you want to hear, and then the rest of that is divvied up between the other two running backs that are active, I would imagine. So again, it's 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 going to be a pretty rough split uh, with Jalen Hurts obviously running the ball as well there. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, are you looking to stack the Eagles side of this game, uh, the passing side? Jalen Hurts is 6,500. Devontae Smith is 5,800. He has 22 yards or less in back-to-back games. He's been pretty inconsistent. We know he has some spike weeks. He has upside, obviously. Dallas Goddard is 4,900 coming off just a massive game against the Jets where he went up over 100 yards. He had two touchdowns in that game. So are you looking to stack the Eagles pass catchers in this spot? So the one thing to keep in mind with um, Dallas Goddard is that was with Gardner Minshew. So, you know, I I think he's an okay play, but it – the, the stats are a little misleading, I, I guess, because I think if Minshew was playing, I, I would love Goddard. And I'd probably like Devontae Smith quite a bit too. But I do like Devontae Smith in this game, in spite of what the stats have said over the last few weeks. Here, here's the game plan for Washington. First of all, let's keep in mind, they get a lot of their defensive line back. The, the, the backups for Chase Young, they, they're going to be back. Montez Sweat is back. Jonathan Allen is, is active off the COVID list. So that that defensive line is, is healthier than it's been really this entire season, it's just without Chase Young, and we know they've played well there. So, and by the way, Washington, they do a lot of five-man fronts. They are going to stop the run, and they're going to test Jalen Hurts' arm. They're going to say, if you guys are going to beat us, it's because Jalen Hurts threw the ball all around all around the, the playground here because they're probably going to have a game plan to spy Jalen Hurts or at least contain him and contain the running game. So that's why I think there's a script here. And keep in mind, it's a 24.25 implied total, which is only – 1.25 points below the Rams, just to give you some perspective here. It's the second highest implied point total. I don't think they're going to get there through the run. I think they're going to get there through the pass. That doesn't mean Jalen Hurts isn't going to run. He might run a little bit here and there. I, I certainly like him on this slate, but I think if they go through the pass, it's probably going through Devontae Smith. Uh, maybe you could take some reaches with, with guys like you know, Quez Watkins, who I believe is going to be active. I'm not 100% sure about that. Maybe Jalen Rager, obviously Dallas Goddard's in play, but I, I think if I'm making five lineups, I think two of them have Jalen Hurts, two of them have Matthew Stafford, and maybe one of them has Russell Wilson. I think that's sort of the breakdown there. And if I'm playing Jalen Hurts, it's not naked. It's with at least two pass catchers and none of his running backs. 
All right. Yeah. I, I like the Devontae Smith call quite a bit, especially if you're playing in GPP is I think, you know, people who just pull open the box score and they look at what he's done recently, obviously it's not much, but again, the upside is still pretty big for Devontae Smith, especially in this matchup on the Washington football team side. You mentioned there's a chance Kyle Allen could be active in this game. Uh, but if not, Garrett Gilbert is going to get the start for the Washington football team. He is just 4,800. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine that even if Mike were here, he would not want to play Garrett Gilbert, even though he was uh, an advocate of playing Nick Mullins on the Monday slate. Obviously we just have much better quarterback options here on Tuesday. Uh, but see, what do you think about the pass catchers for Washington here? Terry McLaurin, we know that he's been very up and down, and obviously the quarterback play is going to be shaky here. Uh, if Ricky Seals-Jones is active, likely splitting time between him and John Bates. So uh, is there anyone that you like in terms of pass catchers on Washington? I don't love Terry McLaurin, but but I do like him as as a potential. I don't know. I think he'll actually end up being contrarian on this slate just because people are really going to load up on that Rams game and, and they're just going to have to pay up for guys like Cooper Cup. So if you find yourself with 6,500 available for your last player, McLaurin certainly makes sense in terms of just – if you have McLaurin in your lineup, your lineup is probably – in my opinion, it's probably going to end up being slightly contrarian. It's not going to be chalky if you're playing McLaurin. So I already like your roster construction if you're including McLaurin. But but for me, I don't know that I'm going to be playing a lot of him. If anything, and, and especially if Kyle Allen is the quarterback or, or Taylor Heineke, of course, I, I think I might take some shots at guys like DeAndre Carter or Cam Sims. I think those are the type of guys uh, that can get deep and get you a touchdown on on one catch. Uh, Cam Sims really showed that last year, but he also showed it last week. He caught, I think, three or four targets and certainly got down the field. And DeAndre Carter has been a deep threat and a, and a red zone threat this entire year as like a, a middling like third receiver. Curtis Samuel's out, so DeAndre Carter is one of the guys that swoops into that role. Uh, I think those are pretty good punt plays on that side. All right. See, if you're just ranking your favorite uh, wide receiver punt options, the Seattle group, the Eagles secondary group, or the Washington group, which one do you like most? If we're talking just punt options, it's probably the Seattle group because I do think you can move the ball through the air against the Rams defense, okay. um, and and I do think that's going to be a higher scoring game. So even though I, I, Russell Wilson does concentrate his targets really on the big two for the most part, I think that is probably where I'd be looking for the punts. But that doesn't mean I'm not playing the other guys. It doesn't mean I'm not playing DeAndre Carter, for example, or you know, there's not much by way of punts on the Rams because it's Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham. And then I don't know that I'll get to Skronik, Um, and, and if I have to play Blanton, that's fine if Higby is out. All right. Uh, last but not least, defense. Do you have a defense that you like most on this slate? Yeah, I mean, just like Mike said yesterday, I, I don't know that you need to worry about defense too much. Like, try, try to take care of the rest of your construction. But with that said, probably, the Washington defense, I'm actually not looking at the pricing of the defense right now. So tell me, I assume Washington is they oh, are, the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the least expensive, and then it's Washington. I correct. think I favor yep. Washington because I think there's a scenario where Washington can really limit the running game of Philly and force Jalen Hurts into some bad throws. Washington's secondary isn't very good, which is which is why I like the Jalen Hurts side of you know Devontae Smith. I like that better than playing a Washington defense, but I do think there's a scenario where Jalen Hurts has a bad game and he's forced into some awkward situations and the, the Washington defense gets some turn, turnovers. Yeah, Mike mentioned it doesn't matter what defense you play. Of course, I played the Raiders defense on Monday night and, and they're the lowest scoring defense of all of them. So 
sometimes it just works that way, especially two-game slates. They're so unique. So keep that in mind, especially uh, we were talking beforehand. Maybe not the best spot to play cash games if you want to get a little bit different and do something in terms of GPPs. Mm-hmm. Might make a little bit more sense here with, with just the two games. We're going to wrap there for CI. I'm Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching this bonus edition of Fantasy Football Today DFS. And just a heads up, programming-wise, we're not going to have our normal recap podcast on Tuesday. That's going to come out Wednesday this week. And then we'll have our deep dive later on in the week on Thursday. We will see you then. Thank you.